Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. There's this thing that happened to us when Adam sinned. Uh, A principle of sinfulness, a power, a thing, came over the whole human race. And so we've learned that that was a noun that that filled everyone, for we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're separated from him by that barrier of sin. Paul knew that he had that problem, and, and he made this statement. He didn't know how to solve it, so he said, What a wretched man, Romans 7, 24, I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Then he saw the solution. And he found it in Jesus Christ, Romans 7, 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So today, we can recognize that when Jesus died on the cross, he did away with sinfulness. It's all buried in the depths of the deepest sea. It's it's removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. But we come to a question, because you see that noun had verbs And those verbs are our behavior. They're the things that the Bible talks about, like lying and cheating and stealing and adultery and murder and whatever else. Those behavior things that come out of that sinfulness. Once we're saved, once we know Jesus as the forgiver of our sin, the leader of our lives, that sinfulness is gone. But the question today is this. When, now what? I'm forgiven But what about all these temptations I have and all these quote-unquote sins that I have to deal with in my daily life? And so today, I want us to pray and ask God to teach us. You're going to put your thinking caps on today because in a moment we're going to get into Galatians chapter 5 and it is one of the most marvelous teachings in the Bible, but it's one of the most difficult for us as Christians to understand. So we're going to try today. We'll see if God will help us succeed. So let's pray and ask him to teach us today. Father, I thank you for every person in this room and for bringing us on this rainy Sunday together uh, to come and worship you, to tell you how much we love you and believe in you and want to be just more and more like you in every word, act, and deed, thought. And, And I just pray that you will continue teaching us today who we are in Christ teaching us how to get out of that box and get back into the lake into, of your freedom and uh, just, uh, just to live free. Thank you that you love us so much and you've made that way through Jesus. Now help us to learn how to apply it and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting that every religion in the world has three teachings in common. The first one is this. Here's what you must do. Every religion has their lists of things that you must do. And then once we have those lists and we know them, then we judge our acceptance or our love by God for us by our consistency to those lists. And we also use those lists to look at other people and they're not doing what we do and so we judge them. And after a while, if we're not careful because of those lists, we realize I can't live up to that list. And a lot of people say to religion, what's the use? What's the use? 
So the first thing that all religions teach is, here's the things you must do. The second thing is, here's the things you must not do. And we have our lists again, okay? And, and, you know, we mustn't lie and cheat and steal and smoke and chew and go with girls that do. You just can't do any of that kind of stuff, you know? You know, that's our list of things that we should not do. And then every religion also has this. If you don't do what's right, you're toast. You're going to go to whatever their version of hell is. Okay? It's interesting, isn't it? That's religion. When Jesus came, he came to start a whole brand new thing. And it had nothing to do with religion. He came to establish that which had been broken, a relationship with God the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ the Son. And when you're in relationship, man, is that good. So he didn't talk about becoming a Christian. Jesus didn't talk about that at all. He, He had few rules or regulations. But you know what he said to everybody that he went up to? He just simply said to them, um, follow me. Follow me. Come on, follow me. He goes up to Peter, a fisherman who's probably a heathen and only loves fish. And he says, Peter, follow me. And if you'll follow me long enough, I'll make you a fisher of man. You can't believe what will happen is if you follow me. That's all he asks. And so he introduced a vastly different relationship with God. And a disciple's commitment is to a person, not to a creed or not to a contract. And we've turned religion into a creed and a contract. And if you join this church and then follow our lists, you're good. And Jesus didn't have anything to do with that. We don't have membership here at Simple Church. I'll tell you why we don't. Because I I don't really believe it's mandated in the Bible at all. But secondly, you know how you become a member here? You come to church. You attend, hopefully regularly. And and, and, and you you pray for each other, for the Lord to bless. And uh, you get to know some people you got to eat donuts or else you can't be a part of this church. Uh, and and, and, and you, maybe, maybe you give, maybe you serve, maybe you get in a life group. Just, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of ways. But I will tell you how you're a member here. It's if you become a part of this relationship, this family. And you get connected. That's why we talk about connection all the time. Because that's how you're a member here. See, what I know about membership is it doesn't mean much anymore because if people don't like something somewhere, they'll hop somewhere else. But if you come and you get involved and you grow, you get in relationship with God, with each other, and then with serving your world, man, it starts becoming a very exciting place. So here's a key statement to begin us today. Jesus came into this world to give his life not only for us, but to us. We, when we receive Christ, we become new creations. Our sinfulness, that noun, is all washed away. It's all gone. We're new creations. We're born again. 
into the family of God with God as our Father. At that point, we have a new name. We have a new father. We have a new family. We have a new home. We have a new power. We have a new destiny. We have a new purpose. We have a new hope. That's what happens when our sinfulness is removed and we become children of God. This was pictured so powerfully in Judy's in my life. Back in 1989, there was a guy and a gal who were students at Ankeny High School, and they got a little close together one night or something, and nine months later, a little baby boy popped out. And that was their son. Uh, at that moment, he had their name. At that moment, he was in their family. He had their heritage. He had their inheritance. He was under their authority. But what's interesting is they didn't want him. And so our son, Marshall, who's now 29, and he and his wife live in Austin, Texas, he was adopted into our family. And that was the most miraculous process. Because here's a little baby boy. And we were holding in our, in our arms there, and, and, and our family members were standing around us, and we were before the judge. And what was amazing and miraculous is this. With a stroke of a pen, Marshall was totally removed from any authority or any power or any heritage or any inheritance that that young man or woman had. Totally removed from it. And he was adopted into our family with all the rights and privileges of our own natural-born daughter, Amanda. And on that day, Marshall got a new name. <laughs> and he got a new family. And he got a new identity. And he got a new destiny. What a miracle. And that's exactly what happens to us when we come to know Christ as our Savior. At salvation, sin loses its authority. It's no longer our master. And we are now born into God's family as his children. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are in a brand new relationship with God. Now, the question comes, will we still be tempted in this new relationship? And the answer is yes. Yes. We're still in a sin-cursed body. We're still in a sin-cursed world. And Satan is still the prince and the power of the air, the Bible tells us. But you've got to understand something if we're going to understand anything else we learn today. And that is at the moment of faith in Christ, believing him for our salvation and for our eternity with him, at that moment, we get a new family. You see, before, we had a father, but his name was Satan. The Bible's very clear about anyone who doesn't know Christ as the forgiver of their sin and the leader of their life. John 8, 43 through 44 says, Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. Now, why can't you hear me? For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. And the Bible is very clear. When Satan is our father, and that happened because we, of sin 
forgetfulness and, and, and of, of a barrier of sin. When Satan is our father and we haven't received God's forgiveness through Christ, then everything we do is sinful. Now, what I mean, it may be good. The world may pat us on the back. But God says, none of it is good enough to make you right with me. Only what my son does for you on the cross. But at the moment of salvation, John 1, 11 through 13, becomes true for us. Look at what happens. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him as the forgiver of their sin and the leader of their life, he gave the right. That's a birthright. He gave a birthright to become children of God. They are reborn, <laughs> brand new. Ryan and Kendra have a brand new baby. What, five days old? Six. I don't know, four, five, four? Four days old. <laughs> so happy for them. What a precious little bundle. What an opportunity, but what a responsibility. And now you love and coo him, and someday you're going to spank him. So, <laughs> But uh, best to you. God bless you guys as you raise him in the way of the Lord. We're happy for you. He's born anew, fresh. So he, he says they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So when we're saved, we have all the rights of a child of God. As a matter of fact, because we're in Christ and Christ is in us, everything that is Christ's is ours. The Bible says we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. I'm telling you, this relationship that we have with God through Christ, it's the most unbelievable thing. But we get it all confused because we have to live with ourselves every day, don't we? Because you see, I know a little bit about Tom Allen and so I have to go to Galatians to figure that one out. All right, now this is where we're going to spend about 10 minutes, and that's all I have left. And, 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 and I want you to see this so clearly, okay? Because this is all about what it means to follow Christ and to be filled with his spirit. And that's what makes it possible for us to live, to learn how to live day by day. So you're going to just see a lot of scripture. Stick with me through it. I'm going to try to teach us some things here today. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 25, here's what it says. So I say, now we're saved. So now Paul says, okay, here's the next thing to understand. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Oh, so he says, there's two different ways you can walk here. You can walk by the Spirit, or you can walk by the flesh. So he says, so you will not gratify or fulfill or execute or perform the desires of the flesh. Now, it doesn't say here that we won't have desires in our flesh as people who know Christ. Even though our sinfulness is all gone, we'll still have those desires working away in us. Well, he's going to try to explain that. You see, what happens is that when we are saved... There's a promise made to us, and that is that death has been done away with. The penalty has been paid. But I am a three-part being. You are a three-part being. I am body, soul, and spirit. 
The soul is me, Tom Allen, my personality. The spirit is what God breathed into me when he created me in his image, and he breathed into me the breath of eternal life. So my soul and spirit, once I know Christ the Savior, will live with him forever. But I'm still trapped as a soul and a spirit in a human body. And what's interesting is it's called the flesh. And as you study the Bible, you come to understand the one thing that isn't yet redeemed in our redemption is our flesh. And we're stuck in this flesh. And this flesh is temptable. Okay? And so, as long as we're in the flesh, we will have temptations. So, the Lord is saying to us through Paul, now, once you receive Christ, you get the Holy Spirit living in you, but you're still in your flesh. Now, there's a good promise about this flesh, and that is that it will die someday. I won't die because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So my soul and spirit never die because Christ took care of that on the cross. But this body's got to die so that it can be redeemed and I can have a glorious new body. Okay? So now as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. He represents Jesus Christ in our lives. He's the one that gives us the power and the conviction and the, the leading and, and the, the strength to say notice to anything that would be disobedience to our Father in heaven. Okay? But we're still trapped in the flesh. So now, here's how Paul is saying. He's saying, so I say, here's how you live your Christian life. You walk daily by the Holy Spirit. And when you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify or fulfill the desires of the flesh. Then he goes on and he says, the sinful nature. All right? Now, when you put those two together, they're the same. The flesh is that sinful nature part of us that isn't yet fully redeemed. The price has been paid, but we will not receive that until we get out of this body and are with the Lord forever, and then he glorifies our body and puts us back into it. Then the whole process is 100% finished. So he says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature or our flesh desires. So he says, you're going to have a battle. He says, these two are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. <laughs> have you experienced that? The battle? You see, sin and Satan and death and hell have all been done away with. They have no power over us. Christ had victory over them. But the only thing that we have as a battle as believers in Christ is, will I walk today by the Spirit and follow the way of the Lord, His leading in my life, or will I do what I want to do even though I know it's in disobedience to the Father? And I call that, and you, if you've been here for a while, you'll know, but we call that here in our church our every 10-second choice. Every 10 seconds of the day, you and I are facing a choice. Am I going to walk by the Spirit 
do what the Lord wants, or am I going to do what I want to do, my flesh? And the reason I call it a 10-second choice is because I really believe that I can live for Jesus for nine seconds. I think I can. Oh, Lord, I love you. I'm going to live for you now. Let's see you in nine seconds. Eight, nine. Okay. But when it gets to that tenth second, somebody's going to say something, or someone at the stoplight's going to give you a finger, or something's going to happen, and that flesh is just going to rise up, you know? Yeah. So every ten seconds, we're making a choice. Because our flesh is temptable. It's still a residual hangover from being a sinner. But, but it's, it's already been promised to be redeemed when we're glorified. We just have to hang around in this thing until it kicks off. And then we're 100% free. Okay, so he goes on. He says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But, there's another way here. When you are directed by the Spirit, or when you walk by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now, here's what he lists, a whole bunch of things. I'm going to go through them real fast, but as I read them, just I want you to know, this, these, every one of these things is exactly what our world's trying to press us to be today. Watch this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. It's exactly what our society is trying to lead us to. All those things that are the lust of the flesh, the desires of our flesh. Okay? But when you walk by the Spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit produces. Now, notice something. It's not I producing this. It's not me producing this. It's not you producing this. It's the Holy Spirit in us living out the life of Christ. So you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be filled with joy today, and I'm going to have peace, and man, am I going to be gentle and kind. And I'll tell you what, you try it for too long, and someone will mess that up. Okay. But if you're looking to the Lord every 10 seconds and just trust in him, Lord, you're the leader of my life. I, want, I, I pray that you'll live your life out through me. Not me, but Christ. Now watch. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. It doesn't come from you. Notice? It comes from the Holy Spirit. That's that dependence upon the Lord every day. The Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you look at those, those are exactly the things that the world is trying to rob from us today. Love, true love, joy, real joy, peace, lasting peace, gentleness, kindness, all of those things. The world's trying to rob that away from us. There's no law against these things. So in other words, this is not a to-do list in other words, those things are not a law. See, God's not into lists. God's into relationship. God's not into rules and regulations. God's into obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. 
those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now watch what has happened. They have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross, we were in his mind and heart really there with him because he died for us. He died to pay my penalty, your penalty. He died to pay the penalty for sinfulness, which was death. And then he rose again. And because he lives, he promises that we too can live. So he says, all those things are gone if, now watch, and it's all about a choice. It's the one battle we have as believers. Will I, in this situation, in this circumstance, in this need, in this fear, will I walk by the Spirit? Or will I just go off and do whatever I think is right? Because you see, we live with the consequences of either one. Walk by the Spirit, and man, it'll work well. Walk by our flesh, good luck. Good luck. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That is true Christianity. Now I'm going to take about three more minutes and close this off. But I want to say... If you can get that, uh, what we just learned from, I hope you'll go back and read that portion of Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 25. Just read it and let God speak it into your heart. It's where you find your freedom. You get out of that box and you walk into the lake. It's where we find our freedom. Because you see, I am free if I am letting the Lord lead me because then it's Christ leading my life and living his life out through me. If I make my own choices to do my own thing, then I'm going to have to live with whatever comes out of what I concoct, what I manufacture, what I make happen. And there's not freedom there, especially for a believer Unsaved people can get by with all kinds of stuff. Believers can't. You know why? Because we've got Christ in us. And he's working away, wanting to lead and direct. I think I'm going to go right to uh, Rachel, if you would, that last, uh, uh, the last slide. Okay. I want to show you a prayer. There's, I have so much other stuff. We talk all day. You've heard enough. I just want to show you a prayer that I think is, is so cool. Because I think this is the prayer that Christians can have because we're free. You know, I see so many people. They say, man, I'm free in Christ, and oh, God, forgive me of all my sinfulness. I'm such a dirty, rotten sinner. Oh, Lord, I'm so, you know. Man, what bondage. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. You are saved. You're forgiven. But now you have a choice. Spirit, flesh. Now, when we choose our flesh, and we do, instead of just beating yourself up, you know, and going into all kinds of misery, this is a prayer to pray. I got out of stepfather, because you see, now you have a new relationship. Satan's not your father anymore. That's all done. Now, You are a child of God. And he just wants you to come to him 
If you step into the flesh, and, and he says, don't do it, walk by the Spirit. But if you do, then just come to me as your daddy, as your father, and say, I got out of step, Father. I walked by my flesh, and I disobeyed you. Because, see, it's no longer about sin. It's about obedience or disobedience. Am I going to obey my father? Am I going to disobey my father? So I'm sorry, Father. I walked by my flesh, and I disobeyed you. I love you. Thank you for your forgiveness that you have given me. It's already mine. Thank you for it. And help me now, as your child, to follow and obey you more and more every day. <laughs> There's your freedom. We'll finish this off next week. But you want to live free? Then recognize who you are. You're a child of God. And recognize who you have. You got Christ in you, the hope of God's glory in your life. And recognize the power that you have over sin. Because anytime you just turn to the Spirit and say, you lead instead of me, he will. You got the victory already. You don't have to pray for victory. You already have it if you just walk by the Spirit. And when we do, then all of a sudden the things of earth become strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. And all of a sudden we say, man, I don't want that. I want you, Lord. And when we misstep, when we disobey our Father, we come to him and we say that prayer. He's already forgiven us. He says, sure, my child. Sure. That's how you live free. So, Lord, uh, this very, very important and wonderful and marvelous teaching of your word yet so hard for us to get into our heads because we're so into religion we want lists and rules and regulations and we want to think that we can do something to please you and we can't please you but Christ in us can because Christ pleases you and he makes us pleasing to you thank you for your great plan of forgiveness and love and grace and mercy and redemption and all those nice big theological words. We thank you for all of that. And we thank you now that we can go out and live free if we will. Help us to so love you that we make those choices, those every 10-second choices to walk by the Spirit and not the flesh, the sinful desires of our sinful nature that we're still trapped in a little bit. Thank you that we have victory through Christ in us. Bless these dear people. Help me, help us together to be people who walk and live free. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.